The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Best-selling author Mark Batterson encourages us to chase ideas so impossible that victory demands us to face our fears. Well, what's interesting is we're only born with two fears, the, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Uh, every other fear is learned, which means that every other fear can be unlearned. So really, faith is the process of unlearning those fears. Will you chase the lion? Next on Life Today. I, I, you know, I just can't hide anymore. Mark Batterson is here. Would you welcome Mark? <laughs> and Sheila has his new book. Show him his book. Oh, it's fantastic. Chase the Lion. In fact, the minute I saw it, I thought back to the first book of yours I ever read was In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. And honestly, I picked that up because I thought, what on earth is that about? <laughs> but God really used that book. To, to make a significant imprint in my heart. I, it made me change it. the way I dream. And you remember the title. Not many people can remember that full yes. title. Uh, that's <laughs> impressive, that's Sheila. That's yeah. This one's easier. Yes. This one's Chase the Lion. Yes. And my first thought, my first thought was, is that really good advice? <laughs> so, that's not natural, brother. No, no. It's, it's terrible advice uh, unless... Um, you understand it in the biblical context. Uh, there's the most incredible story in 2 Samuel 23, 20 about Benaiah, one of David's mighty men, who uh, Bible says chases a lion into a pit on a snowy day and kills it. <laughs> uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, you know, my, my big observation is if you're in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, you've got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the last problem you'll ever have, uh, but it looks pretty good on your resume if you're applying for a bodyguard position with the king of Israel. Which is what and, Benaiah was uh, doing, yeah. That's what he becomes, eventually becomes commander-in-chief of Israel's army, but I think it traces back to this moment that is fight or flight. Are you going to run away from what you're afraid of, or are you going to run to the roar? Where did this journey begin for you? You know, I was 19 years old, Sheila, and, and a preacher named Sam Farina was yeah. preaching a message yeah. on that verse, and, and uh, just a thought kind of fired across my synapses. I thought, if, uh, first of all, I thought that's the coolest verse in the Bible. <laughs> I had to go and verify that it was in the Bible. Um, but I remember thinking, if, if I ever write a book someday, I'd love to write a book about that verse, and so um, kind of tucked it away, and it took many, many years, but uh, wrote In a Pit, and then, of course, the sequel, uh, Chase the Lion. It's, it's interesting that that verse jumped out at, at you, because one of the things you say in your book is that your life scripture, one of your favorite, your favorite scripture will be, become your life script, yeah? Yes, yes. What, what is, what is... What do you think that's about? Yeah. Because it's not I, the same for everyone. Yeah, I think over time, your favorite scripture becomes the script of your life. And, and so for me, that verse just spoke to me because I, I don't, 
I think that, uh, well, let me go on record. I'm against sins of commission. A sin of commission is doing something you shouldn't have done. But I think it's the sins of omission, what you would have, could have, and should have done, that grieves the heart of God because potential is God's gift to us. Then what we do with it is our gift back to God. So I'm wired in a way that, listen, uh, we live in a culture where it's wrong to say something is wrong. Hmm. And I think that's wrong. (laughs) <laughs> but, be an amen right there. I like that. I like that. But, but I want to be more known for what I'm for yeah. than what I'm against. Sure. And I so I, I believe you write a better book, you produce a better film, you draft better legislation, you start a better business. Uh, come on, we have the Holy Spirit, not just on our side, but in us, helping us. So we're the ones that are called to, to not just create a little subculture over here, but to, to redeem culture for Christ. Absolutely. You almost say what Michelangelo says, which is criticize by creating, by creating another one of the quotes from his book. It's uh, one of the most quotable books uh, I've seen in a long time. Good stuff. What for you was the first scariest dream that you had that unless God was part of it, it was not going to happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had a few of those. Uh, Certainly uh, at 22 years of age in seminary, I had this dream of planting a church. And when you're 22, you you know just about everything. I remember, Um, yeah. And uh, I thought I had it all figured out. And you the Bible Belt because that'd be easy, right? It it, it was not that. Maybe that would (laughs) have helped. But uh, we we uh, well, the funny that we had a 25 year plan um, for a church plant, and my professor gave it an A. (laughs) <laughs> so it's got to work, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And that church plant failed, and it was embarrassing. Uh, it was, uh, the compass needle was just spinning. I, we didn't know where to go or what to do, but uh, learned two things. One, unless the Lord builds the house, they who labor, labor in vain. That's a good lesson to learn at yeah. 22. Uh, and so even now, pastoring a church, the, for the past 20 years that has eight campuses that God's using uh, in the nation's capital, I realized that uh, it's not really because of me. I think it's in spite of us that God does his best work. And if you can stay out of the way, um, which I think you stay humble and you stay hungry, and then there's nothing that God can't do in you or through you. And so uh, valuable lesson. And then I also learned that uh, I think the cure for the fear of failure is not success. I think it's failure in small enough doses mm-hmm. that you build up some immunity to it. Yeah. And, and wow. then and yeah. you realize that God just he picks you back up and he gives you a second chance and a third chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, you realize that his grace is, in fact, sufficient. It's so fascinating, the, you know, your church in Washington, D.C., as you say, eight campuses. We don't get a whole bunch of good news out of Washington, (laughs) D.C. Really? Especially lately. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you seeing God do? Because you're right there in the Capitol. Yeah. Can can I just say that we're believing for revival? Yeah. And and I would love to see it start right in the nation's Capitol. And I know that the news coming out of our city is is political. And those are many of the people that I have the privilege of pastoring. uh, And we need to pray for our leaders and pray for our country. But I would also say that I, I believe that it's the spiritual things, the spiritual undercurrent happening in the nation 
nation's capital, not just through National Community Church, through all of the churches in our city. The, the unity is unbelievable, and we're seeing God move in a really unprecedented way. And, and I would just remind folks that, listen, I thank God for the democracy that we live in. Um, I praise God that I'm an American, um, but I also know that God's kingdom uh, came before mm -hmm. and it will, it will still be, listen, his, his kingdom is going to come. His will is going to be done. It always prevails. And uh, I think that's a good reminder, especially yeah. uh, when you pastor right in the shadow of yeah. the Capitol. Yeah, yeah. I often think it'd be great if the evening news, if the last line was, but don't worry, God is still on the throne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you say that. You just you say that yourself, right? <laughs> so you, you actually are sitting in, in, and have been for quite a year, uh, for quite a while, sitting in, in a place of opportunity for ministry. Yet, and I'll go back to the very quotable book, Chase the Lion, you say, don't seek opportunity. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, don't seek opportunity. Seek God, and opportunity is going to seek you. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's seek first the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. and I, I'm a I'm a big believer in long obedience in the same direction. Yes. Now, yeah. Eugene Peterson uh, leveraged that phrase, and uh, I just think if you do the right things day in and day out. God's going to show up and show off. He began a good work, is going to carry it to completion. Mm -hmm. uh, he is ordering our footsteps. He is preparing good works in advance. So our job is to plant and water. Yeah. And then God shows up and, and he does uh, what he does. In fact, could I share kind of my verse of the year? Absolutely. Please. Um, I, I, I just, uh, I started this practice a few years ago and it's become a meaningful thing for me. Uh, so Joshua 3, 5 says, uh, consecrate yourselves um, to the Lord for tomorrow he will do amazing things among you. And all of us want to do something amazing for God, but that's not our job. Uh, it's God's job to do the amazing things. Our job is to just consecrate ourselves. And if we do our job, God is going to do his job. Wow. Yeah, we like yeah. that. I just, I just want to be there for it. Yeah. Make sure it's among, yes. right? Yeah. We'll do amazing things among us. Yeah. Half the battle is being I know. There, Everybody, you're really, I'm serious. You're going to absolutely <laughs> want this book. And hear me, I'll just give you one reason. Um, why? There's this fantastic thing at the beginning. Um, I'm going to copy this out for my son, who's 19. It's called The Lion Chaser's Manifesto. So I'm going to read a couple of these, and whenever I get to one that you want to say anything else about, yeah. you just speak up. Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Hmm. Yep. Run to the roar. What does that mean? How do you run okay. to the roar? Well, I think it's, it's not letting fear dictate your decisions. And that's easier said than done yeah. because I think many of us, uh, well, what's interesting is we're only born with two fears, the, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Uh, every other fear is learned, which means that every other fear can be unlearned. And so perfect love casts out all fear, 1 John 4, 18. So really faith is the process of unlearning those fears. And, and, and if you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. Isn't that beautiful? Mm, so I, I think that's, it's living in that place where you're really operating out of faith and not letting fear dictate the decision. 
Um, I love this too. Stop pointing out problems. Become part of the solution. If mm. that that is a word to the church, don't you yeah. think? I mean, I yeah. hear that in my own heart. Yeah. You know, stop repeating the past. Start creating the future. Grab opp opportunity by the mane and don't let go. But here's something I want you to talk about. Yeah. Burn sinful bridges and blaze new trails. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That'll preach. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> and, and, and can I just say that I don't believe that, that, that some people employ a strategy that the way you stop sinning is by uh, not sinning. Listen, I think, I think you need a vision from God, a dream from God that's bigger and better than whatever temptation you face, than whatever sin you're struggling yeah. with. And, and that's why yeah. I make no apologies for talking about God-sized dreams, that, that if, you're, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small, mm -hmm. because it, God is the dream giver. Um, and His Spirit, when He fills us, we begin to dream those dreams. And I think those dreams then begin to give us something to go after that we don't, we don't have time to waste our, our lives on the, the temptations that mm -hmm. surround us because we're going after mm -hmm. the dream that God, God's putting in yeah. our heart. Probably, probably wasn't a lot of sinning going on down in that cave when he was having to fight that lion. Probably not. Right. <laughs> but the yeah. thing I love about that <laughs> is that, that God can give you a, a dream that's bigger than better than online pornography. Yes. I mean, I think of all the things that are sucking the life out of us, not yeah. just as a nation, but even yeah. in the church, yeah. that so many have kind of lost their way yeah. because we've stopped dreaming those kind of big God-sized dreams. Yeah, and you know, sin is, it's meeting a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. Mm -hmm. That's often uh, what we fall into. But, um, you know, the beautiful thing is that God has plans and purposes for us that, that are so much more compelling. Uh, it's just, we often get distracted, uh, sideways energy, and uh, I think when we lose that dream that God's put in our heart, we, we kind of get into this um, routine or this cycle that um, we aren't really headed anywhere. And, and I, I don't want to uh, step on too many toes, but um, honestly, I, I think that uh, churches that don't have a vision often manufacture problems to keep themselves busy. Oh, wow, that's profound. Actually, that sounded prophetic to me. Yeah. yeah. I'm I, serious. I, I do have one question to step back from that precipice. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because, and this, this is what my problem, I am a dreamer, okay? I mean, I got great ideas, you know, every other day and not most of them don't work out. So, but that's the problem for me is how do I know, is this dream from God? Is this yes. just some yes. crackpot idea of mine? Right. You know, how, how do you know what I'm chasing Yeah. is, is really the line that God wants me to chase and yeah. yep. not something um, else? Well, uh, the first thing I'd say is I'd rather have one God idea than a thousand good ideas. Yeah. Good ideas Amen are good, right? That, but, but you know, God idea is something that, that you're pretty certain that that didn't originate 
here, mm. uh, th that God is speaking to you, moving on your heart. And that's not e easy to discern. Um, and I can't, no one can give that answer to anybody else. Part of it is just learning to discern the voice of God. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the longer I'm married to my wonderful wife, Laura, the, the more I understand her voice. In fact, we, we hardly even need to use words. Just the, you know, we get each other's expressions. Um, you learn God's voice and, and you begin to discern. Um, uh, what, what, but about I, that, what about that dream that just won't go away? Is that a sign sometimes? Like the I, one that you think, that's never gonna happen. And, and I kind of tried it and it didn't work, yeah. but it just won't go away. Keep you up at night. Well, I felt called to write at 22. And um, I, I didn't get that first book written until 35. That felt like forever. Yeah. Um, I had six half-finished manuscripts. Yeah. And, and it, honestly, every birthday became almost a reminder of a deferred dream yeah. to the point that I dreaded my birthday uh, until I finally leveraged it. Uh, my 35th birthday is I'm not turning 35 without writing a book. Now, here's the thing, looking back, I'm almost grateful I didn't write a book at 22 right. because I would have had to write a book at 23 to retract what I said <laughs> at 22. Um, I get it. So no, I get it. a lot of it's growth. Yeah. And, and, and I think most dreams go through a death and resurrection. Mm. And, and part of that death is that then it's almost resurrected in a glorified form. And what I mean by that is yeah. there, there's a greater insurance policy that God's going to get the glory for it. Uh, I'm not tempted to take any credit for what God's done with National Community Church because of that failed church plant. Um, and so I'm grateful for that because I think it set the table for what God wanted to do next. And I think that's a word of encouragement for anybody yeah, who's kind of walked is. through uh, one of those failures or disappointments. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that though about you, Mark, that you do share not just the things that God has done that are really incredible, but those moments, because mm. one of the things I noticed in our studio audience tonight was how many men are here. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because you have become a biblical mentor in terms of not just sharing what's worked, but what hasn't worked, mm -hmm. and, and enabling a generation of men to dream again. And I, I just, I, I, I want you to know you've had a profound impact on my darling husband and my son, and so I'm very grateful. Ah, thank you. I, thank you know, you. I like it so much. Um, well, I can, can I say that? Yeah, my kids don't watch the show. <laughs> Christmas, Why not? Chris, Christmas gift. Because they don't have television. Uh, oh. no. Christmas gift, right here. Was, is that not an awesome idea for, oh, for my I'm son, for my I'm teenage serious. son? I'm serious, yeah. Because I, I know you think you're getting this, but I'm taking this one for my son. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, I know another way to get it. Yes, indeed. I can participate. Uh, in mission feeding. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I have seen with my own eyes. I get the privilege because of the way you guys have helped. I get to go, and I mean, I sat and fed a whole school full of children. They said, do you want somebody to help? And I'm like, no, let me do it. <laughs> it's so awesome. And so I want you to see the difference that some God-sized dreams are making in the lives of children yeah. way across the world. Watch this. Let me just talk about this just a little bit. There's a lot of science of malnutrition in this child. And um, that's the good thing about this, that good regular feedings with this will change that for her. Otherwise, if she keeps going the way she's going, she'll be heading toward the malnutrition clinic. And we are here to stop that.
This is the face of a life who's been saved. The face of someone who now has the opportunity to reach her God-given potential. And she has some of you to thank for that. This is difficult to accept, but there are some who advocate an approach of non-intervention when it comes to child hunger and malnutrition. To let nature take its course. Simply let them die. At Life Outreach, we believe compassion for these children is the right choice. Together, we've been able to prevent the deaths of millions of children by helping provide basic needs essential to human life. But our work is far from over. When you make the decision to support mission feeding, you literally help save lives from the ravages of malnutrition. And you also send these children a message that they matter. They're not forgotten and they have a future. I don't know about you, but something just rose up in me when I heard that people would say, let nature take its course. I say, no, let the love of Christ take its course through the body of Christ. Yeah. We are there to make a difference in this world. Absolutely, I, I am glad God doesn't take a, an attitude of non-intervention in my life because I would be in serious trouble. And that's why we don't take an attitude of non-intervention. We think this is not just something that's kind of cool or fun to do and, and maybe noble. We think this is the calling of Christ on our lives as Christians to reach out and to share his life literally, his love with others around the world. And what's more obvious than people that need food? You know, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. We take that as a nice spiritual thing, and it is, don't, don't get me wrong, but for them it's, it's literal. They literally don't have anything to eat. And so the question is, what will we do? Well, we've made our decision, so now the question is put to you, what will you do? And we're asking you to join us. It, it doesn't take much. A, a little bit of a sacrifice, 30, 50, 100 dollars on the lower end. We'll feed three, five, 10 children for three whole months. Um, we do have some, some of our faithful donors who have come together and said, we will double that gift and impact, so they'll match your gift. So giving today makes twice as much sense as, as any other day. But it's, it's really about doing something. It's about participating. It's about all of us doing what we can because there's some of you that, that you know, the widow's might is, is everything and, and God knows that, we know that and, and we rejoice in that ability. For some of you, you know, the school sponsorship of $1,400 where we feed children in the schools, which is a great way to not just give them food, but to teach them a skill so that they can be self-sufficient because we're, we're thinking long-term here. Some of you, $1,400 is nothing. Some of you can double that, triple that. I mean, do what God has enabled you to do. I can promise you he'll, he'll, he'll bless you for sharing his life and his love with others. You can't go wrong. So as we approach Christmas, and we're thinking about our own needs. Uh, I, I know it's a busy time in our lives. I just ask you to take this moment to think about someone else. Join with us. Go to the phone right now. Go online if that's how you give. That's how I like to give. Uh, you can mail it if, if you're 
more comfortable doing that. I just want you to do something right now to join with us as we reach out and save the lives of children across Africa. And we also share the gospel of Christ in our actions as we share mission feeding. In remote and impoverished villages of Africa, children are suffering, desperately in need of life-saving food, facing death by starvation. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready now to feed and care for children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Angola facing a record food shortage due to crop failure, we need to immediately replenish our funding and supplies for our feeding programs. As an answered prayer, a group of Life's friends have set a $400,000 matching gift challenge for mission feeding. This means your gift today can have a double impact. $30 for three children will be double to help feed six children. $50 to help feed five children will be double to save 10 children. And $100 for 10 children will be double to help feed 20 children. And don't forget, your $1,400 gift to sponsor a school will now be double to feed children in two schools. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Without Rival by author Lisa Bevere. With your double impact gift of $100 or more, please request the complete illustrated children's Bible. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000, which will now be double to help feed 200 children. And you may request our beautiful majesty bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I look, I look at this line of children here and I thought, how can you not be touched? God's touched, He cares about them. And I think, what if I, I just visualize some of my grandchildren's faces on these children. And I think, what if that was one of them? I'd want somebody to come in and give them a bowl of soup. I'd want somebody to care about them. Well, these children matter. They matter to God a whole lot. And I know that your heart must be touched as you look at these lines of children, look at their little innocent faces. They don't have a choice. They depend on someone. Can that someone be us? I want it to be me. Thank you so much for caring and sharing and having a heart to reach out to those that are needy because that's God's heart, and that's good. Thank you so much. We can make the best Christmas ever yep. for so many mothers and children around the world. And for any gift at all, we'll send you this amazing book, Chase the Lion. Would you please say thank you to Mr. Mark Batterson for being here. I appreciate you, Mark. Appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being here and watching and participating in Mission Feeding and joining us here every day on Life Today.
Tomorrow on Life Today, best-selling author Max Lucado joins Sheila Walsh and explains why Christmas is such a special celebration of love and hope. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.